Yeah. What's happening, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? All right, man. Let me let me add some other people up here real quick. Or I'm sorry, wait for other people to get in here. We're gonna get into it. Um, yeah, man. The Pelicans finally finally get back on the board, man, with a dub. Uh tonight against the Pistons on the road. Um some points, periods of the, of the game look a little shaky, you know. Um, but you welcome back, Brandon Ingram. You welcome back, Trey Murphy. So y'all could leave me the hell alone. I, uh, Chaz, Chaz, I promise you, I'm leaving that goddamn chat. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's so, it, it's so, y'all. They pulled me. It's, it's, it's a Pelicans Twitter DM room with like 48 people in it. And I got kidnapped and grabbed and, and, and snatched into that motherfucker. And I can't leave it. But I'm going to find a way to leave it. I'm going to find a way to leave it. I got to get away from Chaz. It, it just got to happen. It got to happen. Got to happen. Um, but, yeah, man, um, first thing I want to start off with this, man, like like I, I, some of this is joking, but some of this is, is, is real. Man, we got to figure out something about this officiating, bro. Like something, something got to change, bro. Like I, I tweeted that, like, we need to send these motherfuckers to uh, to every basketball hood in America for like the summer, so they could really see what like a technical foul is. Like, but I, you know, I don't think you know, I don't think America's enough, bro. Send them, send them to to where Jokic is from. You know, send them, send them to uh, you know, to to the the worst, more in, the most impoverished places you could think of. Bring, give them, give them security and all this shit they need to feel safe. And have them watch these games and see what and see what real like obscene shit look like, bro. Ain't no way, ain't no fucking way. Brandon Ingram was supposed to be in a spot right then and there, like talking shit to his former teammate. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody who went to Duke, right? My first game back. You know, we finally get back on the board, and I throw my damn former teammate shit over over the Lansing. At the end of the game, we about to win. And I can't talk shit to him because the ref might see it and want to throw me out the game. Like you, something got to happen. They got to fucking, you got to be able to challenge technical fouls, something, bro. Like it can't, like, cause you know, if you look at a situation where, you know, you know what happens if Detroit makes makes a weird ass comeback, man, and you, the game is prolonged longer than it has to be, or you end up losing a game like that. Like you just can't, like, that's just silly, man. But, um, I'm gonna get some of y'all up here. We're going to get this thing going. Um, I guess we got to start with Trey Murphy because I know everybody got something to say about Trey. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Charles. Yo, yo. Yo, what's good, bro? What's good? Chilling, man. These boys stressing me out. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> He's, uh, but I mean, you see what I'm saying about that chat, bro. You went from you went from saying that b- blow the fucking team up to you know to to saying that you needed them to win the game, man. It, it, it's just you gotta you gonna have to hide your phone, bro. And I, I, me, that shit too stressful for me, bro. I be seeing y'all in there being like being all reactionary by the minute. I you, no, be scaring me. You definitely have to watch the Pelicans with like. Uh, a week long, month long view. Like you cannot live and die with every possession. It's stressful. Trust me, I live it. Hey man, um, I am gonna try to get some new people up here as well, man. So if you ain't if you ain't got a chance to come up here and speak, please do. At some point, 
I'm sure Antonio Daniels will probably pop in here. I don't know if we get the Pelicans in here again or if um, Pierre, if the if the fucking mascot going to drop in. I, I can't tell y'all, you know, what type of surprise in the store because sometimes people just pop in. I don't even be knowing. Um, but, um, yeah, man. Um, so my thing about Trey, and, and, and I want to, like, I'm, I'm really happy, man, that bro came out and was ready, you know, what his number was called. You know, we talk about that shit all the time. Um, if there was any kind of worries about, you know, his, you know, if the rumors that have been attached to the situation or to his situation about whether it be, you know, maturity or entitlement, if they are true, I can't confirm y'all or deny that. I don't know. But but it's been some of the things that's been circulating around why he hasn't, you know, why Garrett Temple has been, you know, playing. He had well, not just Garrett Temple, but others have been playing Gary Clark, for example, like veterans. Right. As opposed to him on top of whatever struggles that he has, you know, that he had on the floor as well for a period he wasn't shooting well, got lost a lot of times, you know, defensively. But, you know, man, um, it's good to see him come out there and, you know, and ball out, you know, the way that he did, make some big shots, be aggressive, rebound the basketball, find find other ways to contribute, you know, and he looked, you know, he looked hungry. Um, I feel like, and Chaz, you can, you can go ahead and leave from that. I feel like – one of the things which is which is probably unfair to him is that he's probably paying for the maturity of say a guy like Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado right away, right? Like day one, those guys came in like ready professionals, like they understood the game at a high level right away. Like like you didn't it just you didn't seem to worry about some of those inconsistencies as once their number was called, and neither of them have looked back since. And that just may not be fair to hold Trey under, you know, under that same, uh, you know, bar. But he is a first round pick. Expectations come with that. Chaz, get in here and tell me why I'm wrong so I can yell at you and then kick you off stage, bro. Come on. <laughs> I, don't, I, I actually don't think you're wrong. I mean, I don't know how old Jose is. but he's, I'm sure he's older than Trey. Um, when I look at it, though, I think my only thing is, like, I just want the same amount of rope for everybody considering the condition the team is in. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this team was a little bit better, then maybe you can afford to, like, you know, kind of outcast guys a little bit more. But even even when he wasn't getting any, you know, getting any minutes, he wasn't in the G League neither. So it's like, yo, this, this dude needs reps somewhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have equity in this guy. And the thing is, like, I can't really speak to the off-the-court issues, right? So I, I, I can't speak to anything, any point a, a coach is trying to make. Because you're sitting in your culture, and I, I have to give coach the benefit of the doubt as it pertains to that. But I still see veterans on the floor making rookie mistakes that aren't getting pulled. You know what I mean? And on top of that, like, I, I know we talk about veteran presence in the locker room, but players only really respect the veterans who contribute on the floor. After a certain point, you just an old motherfucker in a locker room giving speeches. You, you how we know contribute. that, Chad? How we know that, Chad? All right, I give prime example. With JJ contributed to the team last year, with Eric Bledsoe contributed, with Garrett Temple really contributing this year, like you know what I'm saying? Like we don't, we don't really know, but we know for sure they not contributing nothing on the floor. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah, bro. But no, those, those are those are bad. Those are bad. Those are bad examples, bro. Like I mean, you know, you know, JJ. JJ towards his end, not only was he not playing well, JJ wasn't, uh, you know, he was clearly not, not happy and wanted out. Eric yeah. Bledsoe was disinterested, not happy, eventually wanted out. 
Like, right. I don't know if that's fair to compare it to, say, Garrett, who shouldn't even be. And those guys that you named, both Eric and JJ, mm -hmm. those were supposed to be, like, big-time contributors for this team. Garrett Temple wasn't, bro. He wasn't. I, 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 I just I think we're making that. him, like, 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 we're, like, oh, we're nah. making him a scapegoat, bro. Like, oh, like nah, if you nah, want to... Nah. Nah, not nah, I don't want to make him a scapegoat because again, for whatever he offers, and he has had some good games, so he's put in a position that he's not supposed to be in too. I'm just saying, yo, we gotta have the same rules and the same rope for everybody. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but, but can I can I say something in regards to like the Trey Murphy thing, uh, real quick? So everybody was shitting on you know Willie Green as far as like the trade, you know, not playing Trey Murphy and playing Gary Temple and all that stuff, and I get it, but. He did that and had a long stretch where he did not play, and the first time he put him in, he has his best game. So maybe Willie Green will know what the hell he doing. <laughs> like, that, that's by happenstance, though, yo. And, that's by happenstance. You can't say this by happenstance when every other time when he did get in to a certain degree, like everybody like, oh, play him, and then we get blown out, he still played bad. But when see, y'all move, see, see, well, move the goalposts when it comes to trade. Post? I'm going to no, tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. Right. When Nog get in the game and Nog do some weird shit, right? I'm talking about some weird shit. We all say, well, it's because he don't know his role. Sometimes he's looking over his shoulder. He's scared to get taken out, so he's being erratic. Okay, cool. Soon as Trey Murphy touched the ball, you can tell he like, I better shoot this bitch now because I might not touch it again. Soon as he touched the ball, he throwing it at the rim. But hold right? on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me close. Just let me close. And I'm going to say this. Again, we wouldn't know shit from a lot. We wouldn't know what a lot of these players contribute because they don't have the same rope. If if, if, if I, I've said this in the chat, if Sadoransky don't get hurt, we never see Jose. If Kyra don't, if Kyra don't get hurt, and now he on Instagram poking his hips out. If we don't, if he don't get hurt, we never see Jose. Out of if, pocket. If, 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 Josh, Hart, if, if Josh Hart don't get hurt, we may not see her. You know what well, I'm it, saying? It, if, 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 but yo, but hold, hold on, James. Hold on, James. Let me push back on this dude real quick. Because one, Herb Jones directly said in the article that he just did an interview uh, last week that the first person he talked to whenever he joined the team was damn Garrett Temple. And Garrett done helped him out a ton off the court on how to be a professional and learning and talking about work ethic. So, and Nikhil talked about this many times, how J.J. Reddick helped this dude when do he was what? coming into the league. Dude, he, do, he, he do what? It doesn't matter what he does. If they're learning how to be professionals, <laughs> if they're learning how to become in the, um, in the league, bro, that matters. You think the damn uh, Cleveland Cavaliers got Rondo on their damn team because he can still hoop? No, they got him to teach them young dudes how to be NBA players, how to learn stuff. How to see the damn but ever, but ever players winning organizations, yeah. Culture is huge, and you need professionals in your locker room. You don't want dudes getting arrested and wilding out and doing all that. That's true. But at the end of the day, I don't care if Trey Murphy in the club every night getting drunk. If he coming in the game and giving me 10 and 5, he can do what he wants. That's terrible. That's, just, that's terrible. Look, just, that's just terrible. don't drive. These are grown ass men. Like we, we but, not but, these but, dudes. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. See, that, <laughs> now that's where I, I think that's where people fuck up is that 
they're grown in the sense of yes, they're over eighteen years old, so technically they're grown. But at the end of the day, they're still kids. Like Kyra himself just turned twenty, I think. Like, yeah. every, like most of these dudes on this team is under the age of twenty three years old. So you have to have someone on the team because again, it's one thing being trying to figure out how to be an adult in the regular world. Can you figure? Out, can you think about how hard it is to try to be an adult? when you are one of the greatest athletes in the world and you've been taught this way all this time and, and you're rich making, and you're rich like you yeah. need people on that team to sit there yo this is how you not fuck up <laughs> this no is how I, you come to work all right so look 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 because we could talk we could talk about we could talk about trey murphy all all game and we'll and we'll get we'll get back we'll get back to that we gotta we gotta go to some other to some other elements and those those that i bring up here y'all can end up you know y'all can give y'all two cents on trey um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm going to try to move this thing around as much as I can. Um, I mean, again, like the argument isn't, isn't about like, you know, being, you know, judging this, judging Trey as much as I, I mean, I've always told you guys, I'm not, I'm not questioning Willie because there, there's so many, like Chaz, even if you mentioned the whole, the whole COVID situation, right. You know, with Sato, like, okay. If that doesn't mean that when Sato came back, that those minutes had to still go to Jose, he could have. He could have said, you know what, I'm going to bring back my vet if that was the agenda. No, he stuck with Jose. He trusted him to close games. I mean, they like, I mean, like, I mean, do we think, we think Willie just out there, the coaching staff is watching Temple have bad games, performances is like, man, that looked good. Like, no, bro, he see, like, that should annoying. The, it's annoying to him too, man. I mean, I just, like, I, I again, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just choosing to just, you know, to, to be more like protective and supportive of what, of what Willie no, you you absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And let me just say, Willie Green know more basketball. He he didn't forgot more basketball than most of us on here know. You know what I'm saying? He he even forgot more shit than most of us know. But the the, I just, the last thing I would say is, at the end of the day, though, it it kind of looks funny when you when you give certain people more rope than others, especially when you have equity in certain guys. But the, Okay, Cheddar, right. that's, that's a development issue, man. And what we talk about is like, you know, we don't see what, what Trey Murphy do in practice. We don't see the the type of role that Garrett Temple and Sadaransky play in being the glue and being fortifiers and being veterans with on court experience that don't have them nerves, don't have those same, you know, mental lapses that, you know, a rookie or especially a high profile rookie might have. And so we not even look at we don't even we have we don't have the luxury of seeing what New Orleans Pelicans practices look like every day. We don't have the luxury of seeing what a player's readiness looks like until he's there on the big stage. And so for somebody like Trey Murphy to come in tonight for the first time in a long stretch and and have not been the most anticipated rookie on the team this entire time, you know, that's a testament to the coaching staff knowing what they're doing and creating preparedness, creating readiness for that player when that time comes. I would much rather see Trey Murphy ride the bench, learn from his vets, not just the X's and O's, but the ins and outs, the intangibles, you know, the 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 readiness it requires to hold that bench down and wait for your turn. We so used to seeing rookies in the NBA come in and make an instant impact because, you know, they've been so high profile since, you know, they junior year in college or since they were 16 years old or whatever, whatever. We want that to be the New Orleans Pelicans. But what we're realizing right now, what we're building, is a team that's going to be a contender when all of the pieces are together. And the fact that we're playing this well, the fact that our youngsters and our role players and our veterans who aren't, you know what I'm saying, the centerpieces of the team, 
the fact that they know where they're supposed to be, the fact that they can have some sort of composure in these, you know, late game breaking situations and things like that, that's just going to make this a way more offensively powerful, way more mentally fortified team once Zion comes back. And so, yeah, I get it. It sucks to suck. Like, it absolutely sucks to suck. But if you see what the coaching staff and, and, and what they're doing, they're, 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 their priority is development. Their priority is having multiple rotations, multiple players be, a, be, be intangible, be pieces to a, a, a winning team, ultimately, is what we hope to be. And you add Zion into the equation, you know what I'm saying, a year from now, a season from now, whatever the case may be, and you just have that much more powerful a team on both the offensive and the defensive end. You have egos that have subsided because now you're not this, you know, marquee player that's expected to drop 30 points alongside, you know what I'm saying, these two emerging, you know, stars as well. Like, you know your role, you have a role, and you can grow within that role with the support of some real, like, basketball chemists who are putting an amazing team together. So, no, I don't doubt what Willie is doing. I don't doubt what the what the coaching staff is doing. Trey Murphy has been on my radar. Kyra Lewis, obviously, you know what I'm saying? That's a tough loss to take. Herb Jones, nobody in this chat expected him to be our marquee rookie this season. Like, let's just keep it 100. Like, nobody expected that. So trust what the organization knows. Trust the things that we don't see. And know that what's happening is that when we see these players take the floor, Jose Alvarado, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Najee Marshall, uh, uh, Clark, uh, you know what I'm saying? All these intangibles, when we see them hit the floor and they know what they're doing and they're running hard and they got their hands up on defense and they, you know, pushing the ball and pushing the pace, know that that's happening in practice. And that's shit that we don't see every day. We don't have the luxury of, of seeing that development happen. Text, text. It ain't, it ain't no way that you not a burner, a burner account for a coach. Come on, you man. De- ain't no, 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 no. I, I mean this. I, ain't no way, ain't no way you not on that coaching staff and you a burner. I don't believe your backstory no more, man. We gonna have to, we gonna have to, <laughs> we, gonna have to we gonna have to pull up the paperwork, man. man some, ca- some, oh. some, some seem a little fishy, dog. I'm a living room couch coach, man. That's all I'm doing. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey. Oh, okay. Hey, Brian, man, get up here, man. Hey, uh, for those for those, for those of y'all that don't know, man, Brian, Brian out here running a lot of these a lot of these Saints Twitter spaces. They get a lot more crazy than they doing here. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, but it's a, it's a damn good time, man. So, OG, get up here, man. What's up? What's good, family? Much, you know. First of all, man, much appreciate you giving me the time. What's up to everybody out there? Uh, I kind of want to, you know, piggyback off of what Tex was saying just a little bit, man. And first and foremost, I want to start with the idea that I think. Summer league trade kind of made everybody forget that Trey's a rookie. And I think maybe the expectations based on his summer league play was probably what made people think he should be a starter. He should start over a start over Josh. And I think we kind of have to remind ourselves that this is a rookie that doesn't have a lot of, you know, NBA playing time. It's kind of trying to play his way into learning what the game is. So I think summer league is really what has most of us thinking that Trey Murphy should be out there scoring 25 a game. That's not the case, especially for a young dude in the NBA that, you know, still is trying to develop his game. So I think we kind of got to pump the brakes on Trey a little bit. Let Willie do his thing. It looks like it's working out thus far because the Pelicans, to me, in my opinion, are a hell of a lot better than what their record says they are. That's just my first point. The point that I, I hope you get into at some point, Chris, is why in the AAU hell can't the Pelicans break the press? That is what I really need to know. So if Antonio gets on here, if Aaron gets on here, can somebody please ask why the hell 
they can't break press. Oh, because they need it because they need fucking guard of improvement, man. That's that's the it's it's been it's been what the fuck it is for for a while now, man. It's just it's like that's why anytime we be having these discussions about you know what I mean why they why they can't do this why they can't do that right we talking about Jose Alvarado right but Devontae Graham you know is hit hit or miss had another rough game tonight couldn't couldn't buy a bucket they need improvements at the guard position to what sometimes even beat Charles talk about all the time with teams throwing boxing one defenses at them because they don't trust the guards ability to be able to 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 slow down process certain play situations beat presses beat beat aggressive defenses consistently now you put Jose Alvarado in the game, everything slows down a little bit. They need they need another guard who can handle the ball and make plays under under defensive pressure. You know what I mean? Game pressure, you know, score responsibility pressure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt about that, man. And with all due respect, you know, to the brother text, man, I I you know, just, just a personal thing for me, bro. I'd rather us not talk about what happens when Zion gets back until we see Zion get back especially on a consistent basis. I mean, I love him. I think he's, you know, a hell of a talent. I'd rather see him elsewhere, and I think so would he. But that being said, I think we ought to kind of pump the brakes on the Zion return, no matter if that's this year, next year, whatever, until Zion decides he wants to be there health-wise. That's just my take, man. I'm going to sit back and listen to everything that's going on. Salute to everybody out there. Y'all be safe. Appreciate you, bros. Patrick. Yo, uh... Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. I'm a little bit more with Chaz. I'm kind of in between everyone because I just like sometimes with like the, oh, you need the vets. You need guys to wait for your roles. Oh, the coaching staff knows more than we've forgotten. All that shit was true about Eric Bledsoe. Like Stan Van Gundy knows more than any of us knew about basketball, and he still decided to play Bledsoe. Like, B.I. and Zion both talked last year about how he was an important vet for them to talk to about, you know, handling the game. So, like, yeah, I mean, I think that Temple is a nice player to have around, and I think you do need vets around to have that sort of culture setting. But at the end of the day, if you're not producing on the court, that's kind of what it has to come down to. So that's where I'm with Chaz, and it's like, we can say, oh, Trey was great tonight because he sat, but that's just because we don't have a counter example of what would have happened if he did get reps throughout the course of the season that, you know, he could have been providing this on a more consistent basis. And when you're talking about a team that's like bottom five in the league and three point shooting, having a marksman out there seems like it could be a skill set you could use, you know, more over the course of the season. So, I'm hopeful that he gets more run now. Um, I'm interested to see what the rotation looks like when Hart gets back, because that's a lot of minutes that are going to be coming out. Um, so, yeah, that was that was kind of my point. Is like I, I know that we all want to defer to like the expertise, but it seems weird sometimes. Like when you could have made so many of the similar arguments last year, but we all were saying that. And I'm not I'm not comparing Willie to Stan here. I think like. I think Willie has the much more connection and intangibles thing, which is very, very important and probably more important often than X's and O's when it comes down to it. But, you know, there I still think there are some decisions that you're fair to raise an eyebrow at here and there. But that's sure. not to say like anything negative. Like he deserves the longest leash that anyone can get. So, so let me let me let me ask you, and, and, and then we're gonna move we're gonna move to Bi because I mean we definitely we definitely got to get into him. His, oh yeah, his, he was incredible. And, Right. Um, if 
if if it if it comes out as true, I don't know. It's all it's all speculation. But if it comes out as true that that the reason that Trey wasn't playing because they felt like there was some sense of entitlement or there was some maturity issues at hand, and they feel like and it was and it was it was used as some sort of. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know if it's fair to you know to call it a punishment, but if that's the type of situation that was going on, does that does that change your perspective at all? Or it's like no fuck that. Like Garrett Temple's on the floor, <laughs> Trey. No matter no matter what's happening there, we need Trey out there. I mean, I don't think Trey. My my thing with the whole like Trey Garrett Temple thing has like been if they're playing the right amount of minutes, probably you're talking about plus or minus one or two wins over the course of the entire season. It's always been more so for me about the fact that when you got a rookie, um, you I think NBA reps are important. You know, you can only learn so much from the sidelines and from practice. NBA game speed is just an entirely different animal that sometimes you do have to just learn by doing. Um, so, you know, I, I'm in between. Like, I'm not going to comment on things that I don't know about with his attitude. I followed him in college. Like, attitude was never an issue with him in college. Like, he played for UVA, which is my college team. So, it seems weird that that would be a thing because I was just like Trey is like a, a zero, like there's like a two star recruit who went to Rice, so like maybe yeah he just didn't know so much about it, but I don't think it would have been an entitlement thing. Okay, um, so we want to I want to move to Bi here, man. You know, Bi another another really good performance on this. You know, coming back from coming back from an injury low. Um, seems like man, I, I can't say that, that those performances to where, you know, those slow starts after him coming back off the, after long layoffs or a thing of the past necessarily. But, you know, um, you know, he's this is another another really good performance, his first game back. Uh, he, he just continues to pick up where he, you know, where he left off. He didn't he didn't look rusty. He got to his spots, found his guys. He made the right plays. And as you saw, you know, he opened up so many, so many other things, uh, you know, for others across the across the court. And I mean, you know, I don't think that they I honestly don't believe that they win this game without him tonight. But um, let's go to Chuck. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, B.I. going to do um, what he going to do, man. Like we it's it's night and day how this team looks and operates. You know what I'm saying? When he's on and off the floor. Uh, my biggest thing for real, man, is like it's something you touched on earlier. It's just like it's it's the officiating, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been watching dude for years, and uh, I I personally, you know what I'm saying? In my opinion, I've noticed that ever since that situation um, when he was on the Lakers, you know the whole the whole fight or whatever with the Rockets happened, bro. He went to the official the way he did. Him doing that, him doing that so aggressive, bro. Like, I swear, I swear to you, like. The frequency in foul calls he's gotten is, is you know what I'm saying, dropped for sure. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He gets called for, you know, texts and, you know, flagrants and ejecting situations where it's like it don't even make sense, man. Like, I feel like there could be a little bit of bias there or whatnot. I don't really know, man, but, like, something got to be done, not even just with him, like with the whole team, man. Like, I feel like I, I, I watch a lot of basketball, bro, and I haven't seen a team – get the shit end of the stick the way this team does, you know what I'm saying, so often, like, night in and night out, man. Like, I'm I'm glad, I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, he played well, you know what I mean, he, you know, he killed the whole rumor about the slow starts coming back from the injuries and whatnot. But I would really like to see just how well these dudes can play. When they got a little bit more freedom to play out there, man, and the refs ain't on their ass about every little thing, man, it's just, you know, throwing off the, the rhythm and the momentum of these guys for real. Uh, Jones, I see you got your hand up, man. Get in here. Yeah, so uh, 
Uh, first things first, I thought the officiating was terrible. Uh, really, really bad. I completely agree with you, Chris. I also think Vi has been getting these terrible calls since he came to New Orleans. And I don't know if he's going to get better calls until the whole team starts getting better. And it kind of it kind of goes to my my bigger worry of, you know, what are we doing to make sure that B.I. is happy? Because the organization doesn't tell us anything, right? So, like, I sit back and I'm hoping that they're talking to B.I. about what's going on. I'm hoping that they're talking to B.I. about who he might want. Like, we all talk in spaces about who we want for the Pelicans and coming up with trades the trade deadline, I hope they talk to at least B.I. about, you know, I know we need we need elite point guard right now. Who are, who do you like to play with in the offseason? Who are you friends with? Who you think might be a good fit? Somehow, we, I hope we're somehow getting this guy engaged and invested into the organization because he comes out every night, and uh, I don't think there's a better example of just professionalism than B.I. Shows up, does what he's supposed to do, in practice, people who don't even watch practice know he he goes hard in practice, and is just a like just an absolute Pelicans model for who we want as a as like just more versions of him. So I think I think the the officiating will come when we start to get more wins, but I I don't want to change the topic, but but I'm just hoping that, and I haven't heard from anybody. Are we investing in our players? Like, are we investing in Bi? Are we still talking to Zion? I don't expect Zion to come back this year. I just absolutely do not. I don't think it's going to happen. I would be completely shocked. I wouldn't bet money on it. That's how far from Bi uh, from Zion coming back I am this year. So I'm looking at who our actual leaders on the team are, and there's no better leader that I think that we have than Bi. And whoever we go with, at the end of the day, I hope that Bi has got the sign off on it because at this point. I don't feel like there's anybody in this space who should think B.I. shouldn't have any say in who we go after for the trade deadline because we need to go after somebody for the trade deadline, you know? So, so um, a lot of good points there, man. Um, and I want to, I want to welcome uh, the Noah. Uh, I, I see it's your first time up here, man. Don't, don't treat me like a celebrity anymore, man, please. I, I, I'm begging you. Um, but um, no, nah, man, B, B.I. like, it's just it's cool once again to to have an example for everybody to look at and say, like, you know, leadership doesn't always come in the way that you are used to. It doesn't arrive in, you know, in um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't arrive in the same, you know, with the same kind of, you know, energy that maybe that maybe we're, you know, accustomed that we associate it with. It doesn't come at the time in which we want it to either. You know what I'm saying? Like you want it, people wanted BI to take this role last year. They want it, they want it BI to be, you know, um, to be this level of player and be, you know, to where like he's taken to where you know about everything that you're, um, that, you know, I mean, you're hearing things about him picking up Jose Alvarado and taking him under his wing. Um, you know, we knew about what he did for himself. Uh, but now, I mean, you just see like, you know, he's taken like even little possessions like personally, right? Because he knows that like he feels as if it's, it's his team. It looks like it's, it's his team. Um, and while some of us had said it in past years when Zion wasn't, you know, wasn't healthy or, you know, out there, even when he was like the team seat, like this, this team is B.I. Even if it's not built for him, you know what I mean? Like now what we see through the individual work, 
like it's matching and what he's been able to do defensively. You know, you had the you you know you had the struggles you know last year with Stan with you know what what did or didn't happen in the locker room consistency sometimes some nice closing basketball games but it's just it's all coming together for him on the floor mentally and just um I'm with you Jones I mean I hope that uh there is a you know a strong investment there you know to him not just as one other leader right now he is the leader and I mean the truth is Brian touched on it and I'm gonna get to the note truth is we don't know we don't know Zion's future we don't know if he's gonna play this year and they can't treat they they can't waste what he's putting up what he's doing right now and how these guys are not are you know are responding looking to him and him his him rewarding them with performances like tonight and then a lot of these games where they just like a completely different team when he ain't out there yeah and, and look I, I don't mean to cut, cut in real quick but like a, a real easy layup for David Griffin if we go after somebody a quick announcement, hey, we talked to B.I. about this. He was on board with it. That's it, right? You don't want to give too much away? Fine. But you let everybody know, hey, we we invested in B.I. We talked to him. He was good on this trade. He liked the idea of this. That's going to make whatever pick we get, whoever it is, C.J., Fox, whatever, it don't matter. We're going to be on board with it because we all on board with B.I. Yo, the note. Welcome up, man. Uh, get in here. Anything? Anything you want to respond to? Any anything that we haven't talked about? That I got a couple other topics, but uh, if you wanna you wanna start it up, go ahead, man. Welcome up. The note. There we go. What's going on, everybody. Yeah, sorry. I uh, this is first time ever in Twitter spaces, so I don't really know what I'm doing. Just kind of winging it. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. Everybody's talking. Y'all been in this space for a hot minute, according to uh, my buddy, but. A big thing with Trey Murphy I wanted to point out was confidence. Um, when you're Garrett Simple, you make a mistake. A veteran doesn't get down on himself, right? Like, he doesn't say, well, now coach is going to pull me out. Now this is going to happen. Whatever he does, he's a veteran. Trey Murphy, on the other hand, he'll get his head down. You know, he'll think, like, well, now I'm going to get pulled out. I missed that three. That's all I'm good for. Garrett Simple is out there knowing he's a veteran. And even if he contributes nothing, I mean, you look at guys like Udonis Haslam, who literally just comes in to get texts, right? Like, <laughs> he's not doing nothing. Like, he's out there to fight and swing elbows, which is why the guys love him. And I think Garrett Temple could be, like, the PC version of, of that guy for this team. Because last night I saw an instance where Jose and Billy – did a switch and Jose just completely walked away and he went to Billy, like Billy did something wrong. And I saw Garrett temple. I'm not, not yet, Yeah. I saw him coming between them and kind of like put his hands in between them and talk to both of them. And they both respected it. They walked away. They didn't continue the conversation. So I think like some people have said, like what we don't see Garrett temple offering is, is something bigger than basketball. Um, and that's, that's, just himself you know um and if i'm not mistaken I, I think he's a hometown guy i can't remember almost positive he is um but also on to bi i tweeted it but i just want to say it he came out here off of an injury who if you watch bi usually comes out a little bit rusty but he came out here and said i should have been on that all-star roster he said this is what y'all all passed on and i think he played with a purpose with that he, he definitely came out with intention, but that's all I got for now. 
Appreciate you popping up here, man. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, it's going to, I do believe that B.I. will be, he will uh, return to the All-Star game um, eventually as a Pelican. Um, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens if, if he's an, if he's an alternate, you know, this year, you know, whatever, or if it's, you know, if he's, you know, completely voted in next year, or year or, you know, another year, but I do think, I do think it's coming. He's playing, he's playing too well, man. Um, man, uh, I'm gonna go to two people that are, uh, that I don't believe have been up here yet. And then I'll get, get back to some of the regulars. Lyle, I see you up there, Charles. I see your hand for Lauren. Um, seven out of 12, I believe this is your first time up here, man. Let's talk about Jose Alvarado, dog. Like, Jose looked like <laughs> he looked like the best point guard on the floor tonight. And um, it's it, he's had a lot of nights lately, which that has been the case. I ain't gonna stir up no shit, but I'm but, but I'm you know I, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting, um, but you know I don't want to be I don't want to be hypocrite and be too reaction and be too reactionary. But I I mean. Jose has been phenomenal, man. Just, you know, his his ability. It's funny, uh, Charles was Charles was on a rant a few weeks ago about like we just need anybody. He was naming Jose, he was naming Jose Barrera, Jose Cal- well, I'm sorry, JJ Barrera, Jose Calderon. Like, um, he was just, I mean, I mean, all all solid point guards at their at their best. Probably Pablo Prigioni, like bro was naming whatever guard he could that he felt that could, you know that could play at this level with some sense of pace, patience, understanding the ability to get other guys, the basketball, make plays with others. And Jose just controls the game so well for a guy that just, you know, is still, um, it's, it's still new, you know, but, but um, seven out of 12, welcome up, man. So talk to me a little bit about Jose Alvarado and how fun it's been to watch him um, and uh, his, his game tonight. I appreciate you having me up, man. Oh, uh... Yeah, like honestly, we just really need a point guard in general. That's what Jose really showed tonight. He was able to control the pace really well. He was able to move things around really good and stuff like that. And it just showed like that we just need that so much. Um, damn, I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> See, man, this why this why this why we need vets, guys. Okay, rookies, yeah. rookies come up here. This, this the perfect perfect example. <laughs> Rookies come up here, man. They You're start right, sweating. Dog. You're right. You know, right. they start sweating. Got to pick them no, up, man. Bad. Yo, my look, bad. look. No, no, no. You good. You good. You good. You good. You good. Look, 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 look. look. How about this, man? Look, you won't, we don't have to talk about Jose. Anything in general you want to talk about, we'll, we'll pick it back off that. I mean, honestly, I can talk about this really having point guards in general. Like, I, I see a lot of people talking about having a good shooting guard like CJ, anything like that. And that's a, kind of a good option. But overall, it's not really going to end up helping the team out. Like, tonight's game, I looked at B.I., how he came out. When we first came out, we had some real good set plays. He was coming off the screens, getting his spot on pin downs and stuff like that. It was real good basketball. In the beginning, J.V. got his spots down low in the post. And everybody was able to kind of operate in a good system. Um, The second half, we had Jose come in, kind of push things a little bit better and stuff like that. Nikhil started off good with having Jose in the game. Uh, Jackson was playing good. I think B.I. started off like five for eight. And then once Devontae came back into the game, I think B.I. hit another shot with six for nine. And then after that, he went cold. Um, Because, like, the pressure was put all onto him right quick. He had to take the ball from the top of the key. All the, the whole entire defense is just set up, get up onto him. And it's just real hard to create like that, man. 
it's hard to be to not, you know, be into your spot, have somebody that's setting a lot of things up for you. So I just feel like having a point guard will make it so much better for Nikhil, for JV, for um, for what is um, I forgot doing name, but yeah, that's Jackson, make it everybody, Jackson, everybody, thank, thank, you, thank you, my dude. So yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Hey, hey, man! Welcome up, man. You know you held yourself well, man. Man, keep keep pulling up, man. We gonna you know we gonna chop it up. I appreciate uh, that, homie. Not a problem. Uh, uh, Brian, Brian, if you still here, bro, I wanted to I wanted to laugh at something you said earlier, man. And it's 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 not supposed to be funny, and it probably shouldn't be, but it is. But but I ain't gonna lie, I laugh and say all the shooters that we got in New Orleans, you know, none of them play for the Pelicans. Um, I'm glad I'm glad Trey like that. You know, hey, man, that that shit. I needed that laugh because at that period of time they was down like 15. Man, I needed something to make me laugh. That was funny. Uh, but uh, um, Samuel, now look like. What seven of the twelve was saying was pointing more towards as like you know the team the team needs a they they need a point guard right that's what that's what Jose Alvarado or a guy like Jose ends up showing like just what a you know a good distributor a good ball distributor can do for this team someone who knows who knows his talents knows his strengths um can get other guys involved and make things happen for himself um does that does that does anything that he said sway you away from a guy like CJ, who I think, even with everything you said, seven of the twelve, I'm, you know, I'm with you. I'm on CJ McCullum's bandwagon, no matter what the fuck Jose Alvarado, Devontae Grant could score fifty tomorrow and have a and break the assist record. I don't give a shit what happens. Zion could come back. Okay, I want CJ McCullum. Um, but Samuel, get in here, man. Welcome up too. Uh, hi everybody. What's going on? Um, as far as the idea of Jose being kind of the primary ball handler. I think we kind of got to go back to thinking about Kyra. What he did well is one of the things that Jose does well, which is controlling the flow of the game. And and I think that's what everyone's talking about. Because when we think about it, Kyra doesn't always get assists. But what he does do is get the offense in a motion that allows everyone to find their space and get their shot for where they need it. And one of the plays that you can look to, especially tonight with Jose, and we all know Jose's not not very big, but he knows how to use space to get either his shot off or to get the shot for his teammate off. And the play he made in the lane when he hesitated kind of right and the defense shifted with him and he was able to give uh, Willie Hernan Gomez a perfect bounce pass in the lane and gave him two points, he created that opportunity because he knew that the defense just needed to shift just one step and he had them beat. And and what I think we're all talking about is just someone who uses his smarts to create opportunities for his teammate. And Nikhil, we all understand is the guy that can do that, but will he do it under all conditions? Can he do it consistently? Does he feel like he's Jamal Crawford on a height on a heater? And those are the days that we, 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 we were squeamish about because Jamal can go for 50 on any night, and we just know that Nikhil isn't quite that efficient yet. So I think um, our team is okay because Kyra would have played a similar role that Jose is playing in that backup point guard role. We know that Sato, unfortunately, isn't the answer because he's not aggressive enough to look for his own shot. He makes it become, you know, he, he becomes... Um, very uh, very much a liability because if the if the pass isn't there, he's not able to score. 
Jose will take his lumps and try to get a shot off either to get to the line or to try to at least get the ball to the top of the rim where uh, an offensive rebound uh, can be achieved. I want to say something about Trey, too. Um, Trey's minutes today are a product of not only his work ethic, but let's not forget Josh Hart didn't play tonight. And you could say that Gary Clark could be getting his minutes and Gary Clark's got minutes, but the reason he's gotten those minutes is because he can shoot, but he can also play defense. And Trey's problem, more than not shooting well early, was getting lost on defense. And his confidence on defense at the very beginning of the season was really, really waning. Forget him missing shots. Tonight, what he did was become a basketball player. Offensive rebounds, got to the line. He could be our best free throw, free throw shooter. I mean, literally, he's he, he's like a 90% free throw shooter in college. So he's got to not worry about being a shooter, but going back to being a basketball player. And at least Gary Clark is that. And that's why he got the minutes over Trey. Trey was being a shooter, not a basketball player. And it took him time in the G League and in practice. And I, I want to dispel any idea that he wasn't working because you even heard his post-game comments um, that Corey Brewer was telling him to stay ready, stay ready. And that's been the theme for all of their players. When it's your time up, be ready. And if there's anything that you can give Coach Willie is that when called upon, it seems that he's got like 15 people this year he's been able to go to in clutch situations where you didn't know where there's going to be any points or production or even defense intensity. He's found guys that can do it. We've never seen this on a Pelicans team, even going back to AD days, having this many players come in and be ready. And, you know, we've got our problems, but I think as a whole, we got to kind of give the, the organization a little credit for finding so many talented defensive-minded individuals in a draft class. So, Samuel, um, uh, I appreciate you coming up, man. I mean, you talk a lot of good basketball shit. I, I, I'm adding you in the list with text. I feel like you are also a basketball burner. It sounds like you got one of those, one of those voice, one of those voice boxes next to you. You do not sound like a real person. I, I'm <laughs> listen. I'm counting because I know the burners in here. You was talking like somebody is actually there with them every day, and it sounds like you are also an assistant coach. So I've I'm never played out. organized basketball. I yeah, that don't mean I, that don't mean you're not a burner on the team. <laughs> You're not a burner for one of these guys. I know y'all live here, man. But that's but look, look though. Good talk, man. I appreciate you up here, Chaz. You. you got your hand up, man. Come on. Uh, Charles, he was up before me, yo. He can go. I appreciate that, Chaz. Um, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Um, I'm happy to talk about Jose Alvarez. Never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna go. <laughs> never mind. Uh, we were doing good. We were doing good. We, hey, hey. Come on, I'm, man. I promise I'm going to make it make sense. Um, go, uh, go ahead, man. I want to I talk about Brandon Ingram. And, you know, juxtapose that to all the things that we're talking about with these guys who are learning and developing. And I just want to make a couple points about Brandon and what we're seeing. We're a pretty good basketball team when he plays, right? We're 500. This is a team that's capable of some atrocious basketball. And when he plays, we're a playoff team. We're solidly in the play. And, you know, we wax about Jose and the growth of these young guys. And, and I say to myself, 
are, are we doing a disservice to this guy because he's doing something that AD couldn't do. AD couldn't drag a team like this to respectability when he was on the court. And I don't want to miss, you know, the forest for the trees nine days before this freaking this trade deadline. We got somebody special. He's proven it to us every week. The injuries playing through it. I know a guy that didn't do that. Adding to his game. You know, we talk about his vision, his passing. Like, we got a superstar. And he's done it in a way that's totally him. You know? Not demanding things. Just just doing the work. Right? And I'm a little perturbed that I still got to sit here and listen about Jose Alvarado. I love the dude. You know, we can go to a bar, talk about Jose all, you know, all night with his his heart and the things that he's doing. Let me tell you what Jose is doing. He's he's a point guard and on a team that doesn't have point guards. He plays the game with a natural instinct. Imagine if we go out and got a guy that did that and had an ounce of talent. I'm not saying that Jose doesn't have talent. <laughs> right. Charles is fed up. <laughs> I, I am sick and tired of this dude dragging, you know, he's carrying this team and it doesn't have to be this way. It really doesn't. Zion can come back when he comes back and add to the talent base, but you have a blueprint right now. You got a, a wing in 2022 in the NBA that you can build around. Like, what are you waiting for? Why are you waiting for Trey Murphy to figure it out? Why are you waiting for Jose Alvarado to show you what's in his bag of tricks? Like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, it really doesn't. And Brandon is showing us every single night, every week, that we can we can make a move and feel comfortable making a move towards respectability. And it's a shame that we are not operating with a little bit more urgency. I love what the young guys are doing. I love how they're playing. But we owe it to a guy that's given us something that we haven't had in 19 years since what, Mashburn? You know, like it's crazy. It's crazy, man. And that's that's really all I wanted to say about, about BI. So Charles, so Charles, yeah. um, I'm gonna I'm let you right now, bro. If you get a DM from a guy by the name of Jason Maples, I guarantee you, man, he's gonna want to sign your jersey, bro. Because I, 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 I get I guarantee you that's that's verbatim. If I hit him up right now, he's going to say the same shit. So you might be a – are you – somebody make sure Maple's in here so I, so I know that this ain't him behind this damn uh, – behind this Charles account. <laughs> nah, this nah. is me. I'm just, I'm just appreciating something that I haven't seen. I remember times when, you know, Julian Wright, Mo Pete, uh, Xavier Henry. You, 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 you went through the list a couple spaces ago. And we can do the same spaces about about small forwards <laughs> that that came through this place, man. Like, oh God, we we got us one, man. Let's do something with it. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Um, and you know, look, they have to, they have to, have to, have to, have to find a way to take advantage of that right now. I know, man. People like, you know, I hear people, you know, and I get it. Like, don't make a move just to make the play in. Don't make, yeah, bro. You don't. You're not gonna fracture. You're not gonna fracture with you. You know, certain assets right now to make to make something short sided. It's not like, you know, we talking about guys that are here, you know, that are on one year deals, you know, or expiring contract. We talking about people that have a little bit of time left on their, you know, you know, talented, you know, basketball players. Some, you know, some really, uh, you know, some guys that can really help this team and take the pressure off of B.I., help him 
Um, like, bro, I mean, Nikhil, I mean, because you're right, right? Like, there, bro, there, there's nights where, like, Nikhil could go three for 16, but because of what the guard position looks like and the way the guard play has been, and because they lack guys that can consistently, you know, penetrate, make plays for themselves, get to the line, get, you know, make plays for others. I'm okay with him shooting shot number 17. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, so, I mean, they have to upgrade efficiency, shooting, just overall, overall talent. And I mean, I'm with you, man. I, I think, you know, you do it now. Um, I, I can't, I just, I can't foresee a situation where, where you have something on the table and you wait to, you know, to pull something like that next, uh, you know, in the off season. Lyle, man, welcome back up here. Raphael, uh, I'm going to get to you next. And Florin, too. Yeah, mate. There you go. I haven't been up here for a while. Um, the oh, finished watching that game. Finally, good to end that uh, horrible, horrible, horrible triple back-to-back uh, week that we just had. Um, just wanted to mention, I completely agree. Um, you've got Brandon Ingram sitting there, you know, all all NBA talent and. It just feels like he has too many hats on at the moment. You know, he comes back and, of course, we win because that's what happens when he plays. But at the moment, we're asking him to get the rebound, bring the ball up. Can can you hear me or no? Can you hear me or no? No? You're good, Lyle. Oh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, we're sitting there. Um, Brandon Ingram, he wears a lot of hats. You know, we need him as the leading scorer, but then we also need him to create. We also need him to get a rebound on the fast break and push it and control the tempo. I think it really is a situation where we need to go and get a point guard or someone else, a creator, shot creator, that can control the tempo of the game. Tonight, when other te- when Detroit got on a run, we had absolutely no one at all that was able to just take control of the game and say let's slow down or let's go fast and, and disrupt what Detroit was doing. We just let them go on a run, go on a run. And it wasn't until Jose came on, and I have so much um, respect for Jose and, and everything he's done, and he's been fantastic since he's been able to get um, minutes. But he's been the only guy that was beyond BI that was able to disrupt what Detroit was doing, and that was because of that change of pace and that ability to penetrate the offense, uh, defense sorry, and, and create offense. And You've got all of these different, um, you know, pieces at the moment that you can flip. I mean, beyond, I suppose, B.I., um, probably Herb, I think, is are untouchable. Uh, Jonas, I think, fits what we're building at the minute. But beyond that one, Zion, you know, beyond that, probably anyone else is, is fair game if you're able to upgrade the team. Uh, it. it it's one of those situations that you've got Brandon Ingram, you've got these guys on a long-term deal. You know, he didn't sign a team option deal. He signed a five-year deal. He's going to be here five years. You've got to take advantage of it. Guys don't sign those contracts in this NBA. They don't. They want to have a little escape clause. We've seen it. We've lived it. Um, so I, I, the time is now to make that move. Use the pieces. Use the war chest. We don't need to draft any more guys. We've got the young fellas. Um, so I'm at, I'm at the point now where... If you want to salvage something from this season and, and make some noise, and whether or not Zion comes back or not, we need to show something. And I think the team's there. We just need that one piece to be able to take the pressure off Brandon so that when he's not there, 
or if he, you know, has an off night, the whole team doesn't implode. I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts. I don't know. I get frustrated with it. <laughs> I understand, man. Uh, Ralph, man, get up here, man. Welcome up again. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Uh, I mean, everybody's been saying the same thing, right? Like, everybody can watch watch the games and know what the team is missing. Like, it's not it's not a surprise when Jose comes in the game and all of a sudden offense goes more smooth, right? It's not a surprise when B.I. goes in the game and everybody is a little bit more in sync. Everybody's offensive game is a little bit uh, more enhanced, right? And so, like, I've gotten to the point, and I've always been a NOS supporter just because, you know, Chris and you and I have had this conversation – his, the things that he's capable of doing at such a young age is rare. He can't do it consistently right now. He can't do it efficiently right now. And so I've gotten to the point, especially watching Jackson over the last couple of weeks, where if the trade comes and, and somebody's saying we need one of the young players to go with it, I'm more inclined to deal with Nikhil because there's so many – like I'm watching this Warriors-Spurs uh, games right now, and dude's just coming up the court and pulling threes. When have we ever seen that in a Pelicans game, like other than Brandon Ingram? Like nobody else can do that. But it's so common around the league that there's so many guards. If you go team by team and just turn on a game that can come up and shoot the three, and we have none of those. And so, like, it's easier to get a guard. But it's hard to find a seven-footer who can move his feet, who's not a liability on the perimeter, who can hit an open three. Like, Jackson's only 21 years old. You got to remember, if Trey's young, what the hell is Jackson? Like, he's a month older than him. And so when you have that type of ceiling, there's a reason why he was drafting eighth and not 17. Like, when you have that type of ceiling and it's starting to come together, like, Jackson's averaged, like, 12 points over the last, like, 10 games. Like, that's something you hold on to because it's rare to find that. And so I'm much more inclined to say, you know what, take Josh Hart, take Nall, take the picks. Give us a guard that can help us now to everybody's point to, 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 to tell B.I., you know what, we're not just waiting for Zion to be great. Like, we want to be great now with you. When Zion come back, he come back. But that's going – CJ will help us next year. De'Aaron Fox will help us next year. Like, those are players that can help you where now may be in the future, but it's not there now, right? And so if you've got the talent and now you see all the role players coming along, you got the uh, coaching staff to, to back up everything else, why not go for it? You saw the Suns do it. Like, why not go for it? And so, you know, I'm looking to see what this deadline coming for because you cannot watch this team and say, we going to sit Pat at the guard position. Like, you got to make a move, especially with everything that you accumulated over the offseason in terms of trade deception and all that stuff. Now's the time. And so, you know, it, it's fun to watch games like this and watch B.I. take over. But, like, these games shouldn't be close if you've got another guy who can get you 18 to 20 any given night. Daniel, Daniel Harris, Harris, welcome up, man. I, I don't recall you speaking before. Uh, anything that you want to respond to, man? Floor is yours. All right, cool. Thanks for letting me in. First time speaking. Uh, but I, I just wanted to talk about it's kind of nice to actually have a team that plays hard. Um, watching this team since Chris Paul left, it's been tough. There's been... A lot of guys put in lead roles, lead positions. Uh, we tried building around AD, but the biggest issue we had
because you know what I mean is more than just sitting and 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 watching film is more than you know what I mean just listening to what Garrett Temple or Bledsoe gotta tell you about um being a professional but as far as BI and building around them um I I I do I do think that Herb and Trey are like the perfect kind of players that I want around them. Why? Because I'm 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 big on defense. I'm big on size. I'm big on length. I love versatility. And when you have three, six, eight, six, nine long wings, Pelicans never had that. You know what I mean? And, and I, I'm I'm here. I'm a fan, but like my my fandom doesn't go all the way back. I've been only invested in them like the past several several years. But in that time, like I can't think of that time and the, for the versatility that all three of those guys have. Where you have Bi who could play at the two, you have Trey who could play at the two. He could shoot. I think those are two guys that are incredible pieces already that you have around them. JV to me is just a plus. Now you think about it. As good of a passer as B.I. is, as good of a passer as Zion is, none of us would be remiss to think that, like, those guys are just that good that they can do without a point guard. This team still needs a lead guard, and it shouldn't be an undrafted free agent. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to continue this. Um, Chad, I got how, do you, how do you build around Brandon Ingram? Give me some Yo, I, I, I think I think it really starts with – and, you know – I think I'm a little harder on B.I. than most. I think it really starts with what tier of player do you think Brandon is? I think Brandon needs another dynamic person next to him. Like, I think he – like, I, I know we, we a lot of people like C.J., and I think C.J. would be a solid floor raiser, and he would compliment Brandon well. But I think whoever you get, it can't be – no run-of-the-mill person if you build it exclusively around Brandon. And I say that because, man, I remember when Chris Paul got his extension with the Hornets back in the day, and they asked Monty about getting Chris Paul help. And Monty said, when you get $100 million, you are the help. And th that's how I feel about Brandon a little bit because I know we got a lot of big Brandon fans, and I'm a fan of Brandon too, but I kind of think Brandon is like, He's a great player, but I don't put him on Tatum's level. Like I don't put, I, I think his ceiling is a little lower than that. So like he's not going to explode for sixty points or no shit like that or fifty five points. He's just not going to do that. That's not who he is. So I think whoever you put around him, it has to be a player who's capable. Even if they don't do it every night, they're capable of going for thirty, going for thirty five. Like you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Cause you look at Brand I think Brandon got five thirty five point scoring games in his career. So Chaz. I don't want to put too much on him. Chaz, 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 let me ask you a question. You think you think you think and I'm and I, I mean this like like mm -hmm. honest honest to God. You you think that um that Jason Tatum would, would be scoring fifty point games with uh pl playing time with Thomas Sadaransky and, and Gary Clark and Garrett Temple and um and second round draft picks and you know um I mean the list goes on De Devontae Graham um I, I mean I that's a, I, that's a I, I do I, I do Ser seriously I do just because I think he's a better athlete than Brandon I think that's what Brandon's thing is to me I don't think he's got 
that quick twitch thing. And I also think that's why he don't draw a lot of fouls, too, because he's not very explosive. But I think um, I just think he needs more help in the scoring department and, of course, facilitating. But as far as JV and guys like that, I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. It's like Lawrence said, JV is a plus. But if you get into a serious playoff series with 21st century athletes, I don't give a fuck if they if they not that good. If they if 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 you put two Jackson Hayes on the floor, they going for thirty on 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 Valanciunas, and he gonna have to sit down. Chaz, he Chaz, can't move. Chaz, Chaz, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, Jackson can't get thirty points if. No, if I said I said two of them. That's fifteen apiece. You put the first dude in, then you put the backup in. You are gonna have to sit JV down somewhere. Wait, you you need Jackson Hayes for fifteen. Justin Hayes can score 15 Chaz is different. Chaz is different. He is, he is Chaz, Chaz is it's real different. You you said that you said that Tatum will get 50 and 60 down here. No, it's no, it's not. Tatum have to score. No, no, Tatum, I said, let's, I said let's, he's Tatum capable. have to score that because the Celtics is not really a good team, no matter how 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 you view Jason Tatum. If Tatum was down here, it would be different because Tatum would have to be more of a teacher. We got all these undrafted kids y'all talking about jose jose undrafted tatum don't have the patience to to work with these kids to to get them where they're going so brendan and brendan and tatum they are they on two different paths right now that's how i feel so um i think you're kind of disrespecting brendan ingram because brendan ingram is that guy like like don't get it twisted if brendan ingram want to drop 50 brendan ingram could drop 50 he will drop 50. so you don't, you don't think he'd be wanting to drop 50 when we've been getting but look by, but look um, at his but look at look at look at look at his surroundings he, 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 he like, just can't do it at, no man he, right, he got on, so much hold on d d, d let, let me ask you this. Now, you right. hold on d now you just said tatum do it because he has to now we on here talking about brandon don't got no help don't that mean he have to do Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. Hold hey, on, time I, out. Charles, time hey, out, hey, hey, Charles, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. My toxic side was enjoying that, bro. Let them rock, man. Hold on. Okay, hold I'm on. sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, and look, I'm a Brandon Ingram fan. I'm just saying we gotta be we gotta be honest about where he is at this point in his career as far as like, all right, next year, this Brandon Ingram team, we rocking out around him. I've been a huge proponent of building a team as if Zion doesn't exist. And you just use Zion as like a major free agent acquisition. I've been beating that drum all year. But at the same time, I'm not confident in saying, oh, yeah, Brandon about to go out there. I ain't worried about nothing. He got he got a uh, fucking Buddy Hill now. And uh, Brandon and Buddy Hill, they about to test shit up. I know Brandon going for 45 tonight. No, I, I, that that's not who Brandon is. Brandon has about five thirty-five I think that, I think that, I think he games. is though, because if Zion Zion ain't never played a, a full season, so if you get Brandon Ingram a full season, you get Zion both a full season. Now you got two badass dudes that nobody can stop Brandon Ingram mid range, nobody can stop Zion in the paint. So if Zion was healthy, <sighs> Bi was healthy for a full season. You will see different. You will see. I think you will actually see Bi doing what Tatum and Zion played the whole year last year. By the way. But but here's the thing, yeah, Bi he struggled a bit last year, but that's that had a lot to do with coaching, I think. It did. The he thing, didn't like Stan. Yeah, we we are, the fans struggle with Stan Van Gundy, so it, you can't you can't bring my, up last year. I'm, I'm, my thing would be I, and I see you, Chuck. I'm, I'm about to wrap it up. My thing would be I though, and again, I just think we gotta, you know, if you building around Bi exclusively, as if you know nobody else is this, you gotta make sure you're getting a, a person 
who can really, you know, step up to the plate. You can't you can't get no role player type motherfucker because I like Brandon, but don't don't expect this dude to be out there, you know, dropping 50. He, I don't think he dropped 50 yet. He scored 49. So don't, don't and that was in overtime. He had to go to overtime. So don't, you know, I'm just saying, be be weary of that. Um, I I wanna I wanna keep this this conversation going because I do think that it's it's uh, uh it's pretty healthy even even though my um my messy side is at play here. Uh, Patrick Patrick and then Everett, I I, I saw your hand was up. Patrick, um, I'm sure you asked me to talk. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit with Chaz and just if you're thinking like if I'm building a team around Brandon Ingram, if Brandon Ingram is my best player, what's the ceiling of that team? You're probably a playoff team. I think you can be easily a solid playoff team with Brandon Ingram as your best player. Can you be a Western Conference finalist? Can you be a championship team? I think that's difficult. I mean, and then you're talking about like, oh, well, you can bring in like a, a floor general, but you're, you know, unless you're talking about like CP3, who would then, you know, probably become the best player on the team. It's tough to find those guys who really elevate it. Which, but Patrick, um, don't we don't we? What about what about the argument that to, to say like like bro, we the Pelicans? We'll take like for right now, just being in the playoffs. Oh no, like, absolutely! Like, <laughs> like that's I'm all I'm all in on going in on a CJ, a Fox, or whoever is going to raise us to the point where you know we at least enter the national conversation of competence right now. Like you know, I'm tired of being disrespected as an organization because I think there is a solid foundation here, and you're missing, you know presumably your best player right now in Zion. So like, but I agree. So just like the topic of how do I build around a Brandon Ingram? Um, I think it's been talked about it's versatility, it's IQ, it's defense. You know, I think you just got to be a smart team that moves the ball. Well, I actually think it's very easy to build around a Brandon Ingram when you're talking about a three level scorer right now who has improved defensively and looks much better in a team defense concept. I think that's a super easy player to build around. He's a good passer. He doesn't turn it over too much. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's just bringing in as much talent as you can. And, like, I think, you know, a point guard would be great. But unless you're talking about, you know, a real top-tier level point guard, which are super difficult to acquire right now, any sort of player who can give you offensive production while still not being a black hole. Like, I think CJ, he's not a point guard. But he's still, you know, he averages four or five assists a game. Like, he definitely is a ball mover. He makes smart plays with the ball. Like, I think it's very easy to fit him and B.I. together. Because if you're talking about, you know, going after a, a floor general who's going to pound the ball, that also is taking the ball out of B.I.'s hands a little bit. I think you can do stuff with him off ball. But you have, you're talking about a really good player if you want to take the ball out of B.I. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. So I'm going to give you an example of, like, you know, of, like, what I mean. So, like... For me, I see it as like I would want it doesn't even have to be CJ. It could be a Bradley Bill type. I'm not saying Bradley Bill the player, but that kind of guy who um can can score in a in in a multitude of ways on the ball, off the ball, off screen, spot up. And I know Brad Bill isn't you know, Brad Brad's been having a weird year this year, but that 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 kind of guy, I want I want a defensive stopper. You have that in her because I don't want because but I don't who, want Bradley. But who is that guy though, Chris? Huh? You said you said a Bradley Bill type. Who who is a Bradley? Well, CJ, Bill? CJ, Bradley CJ's that kind of that kind of player profile when I'm like when I'm talking about when I'm talking about a player that can that has so many different 
um, tools that are available with or without the basketball to score. Like someone, someone who makes it easier, who can take the load off of him. But at the end of the day, it's going. It's nine times out of ten go. The game will. It's going to be decided a lot of nights by the attention that they're giving Brandon. I only say that because of his improvements, uh, passing the basketball and looking and how his, how how his vision and the time he's unfortunately had to spend at point guard this year. So I think that you use that to your advantage. I think you need two guys, um, whether it be whether it be a point guard. Or, or someone who's flat at the point guard or, you know, a wing next to him that can defend. I don't know what kind of center I want next to him. That's the only thing I'm kind of I'm kind of still up in the air on. But I know for sure I need a I need a guard who can score in a bunch of different ways, but isn't that doesn't necessarily need the ball. Um, And I need two guys who can who can defend And one. You have it already. And Herb Jones, Trey Murphy might be, you know, the other guy, hopefully. You know, you want that length. You want him to be able to use that because he's gotten really, he's gotten really good in passing lanes, so on and so forth. But that's like a, that's just like an idea of me off the top of my head, the type of team I would want to be able to think about building. Everett, come on. Yo, um, I, I'm probably in the minority of a lot of what we're talking about here. Uh, in building around Bi, you know, the more I think about it, uh, I'm on the CJ train with you, uh, Chris, because but. Like I don't I don't know who said it earlier, but they was like, but CJ's not a point guard. And that is a hundred percent facts. He is not a point guard. So he's gonna come in and contribute, give you 18, 20, whatever he's gonna give you, but he doesn't control the offense for our team. But what he does do is take a lot of pressure off of BI because BI gets doubled damn near every play. So it's gonna be a lot harder for teams to zone in on him and with CJ sitting on the other side. I personally am on the side of everybody's like, well, we're going to act like Zion's not coming back. But yo, no, he's a part of our damn team. I don't understand why people, I understand the, the mindset people have because he, he played all of last year and everybody acting like he ain't played in two years. No, the dude played all of last year. It was a shortened season because of the whole COVID thing, but he played all games until the last 10 games when we were out of it and they just shut him down. Because he was getting fouled so much, he damn near had hand problems. But he's a part of our damn team. So, no, I'm going to keep him in my plan. Plus, he got two more years on his contract. This dude ain't going nowhere for two more years. So, anybody that we get for our team, I feel like we need to bring them in at the, before, at the trade deadline. Because that will give them the rest of this year to work with us. All of the offseason going into next season. So, because I'm tired of us as a fan base looking forward to free agency when nothing in free agency ever happens for us because nobody wants to come to us because we don't have a winning culture yet. Whenever we build that and establish that, then that's something that I feel like will be more attractive to free agents. But, so, ever, so ever, I, don't, yeah, I don't even – I don't look at like um, – I don't look at Zion as going as, as being – like, like to me, he's he's gonna fit in regardless. Like just from a basketball standpoint, because he's so right. unique. And um, just when you talk about generational talents, I just think how easy. Like he, no matter what, man, he's getting off the bus with twenty seven. Like, like just his life, he's going to make life easy, like right away for everybody involved. I just don't. He's and I mean, when you know you watch him, you know he's very. You know he wants to be very unselfish. I think that you know he had the ball in his hands a lot last year. But 
you know, he is a guy who I think eventually will, you know, will, will you know, look back to his days at Duke, right? There were nights in which, you know, he was very passive to, you know, you know, to, you know, to Cam Reddish and, you know, R.J. Barrett and company. I used to watch the game like, bro, Zion, like you him, take, like, take the ball, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, I I mean, you know, and even at this level, I've seen some some levels of, you know, from being passive. And then last year, Stan, Stan glued that ball to his hands and we saw, you know, a different guy. But I mean, I just think ultimately, one way or another, you're going to see a glimpse when he returns, whether, you know, you know, New Orleans, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, he's healthy really soon. But once he returns, I think he's going to fit in. I don't worry about guys like him. I think, you know, for Brandon, um, Brandon needs certain certain elements or talents around him, I think, a little bit more than, say, Zion does, because Zion is just ultimately a wrecking ball. I think, you know, you you ultimately want to build the right team, right? You know, you got to do some picking. Uh, but I'm, but I ain't really concerned about that. But I'm, I am concerned about what's out here now and what I do know, and getting this man, getting this man some help to help this team out now, because I do think that those guys, Jonas included, Josh Hart included, are ready to win and be in some meaningful. A hundred percent. I I agree with you whole, whole, wholeheartedly. I mean, that's the reason why I said whoever we get needs to be a person that draws some attention. Um, and that's the reason why I came on over with to you, Chris, with the whole CJ train. I feel like he would be the perfect target simply because you can't just uh, sag off of him to go double B.I. Because, one, B.I. is such a good passer. His passing skills has taken a, another level. So he's going to find him. Then, if you think going forward, man, could, could you imagine a lineup of Herb Jones, CJ McCullum, B.I., Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. Bro, who do you not enough defense. They're going to get their ass bruised, bro. But I, I don't agree with that. And the reason why I don't agree with that, because Ooh. nobody in the league, there's, there's certain people who are individually defensive savvy, but the way teams in the NBA play defense is team defense. It's rotating. It's, it's scheme. A lot of that has to do with uh, – the coaching, and that's where I feel Willie Green comes into play, is going to coach them up to be able to play team defense. And then we got probably some defense coming off the bench. So I, I see a I, lot of hands up. Y'all go ahead. Chuck, come on. All right, man. So first things first, y'all been hitting it on the head. We need, a, we need a guard that can play on the ball and off the ball, which is why I'm a 1,000% in the go-get CJ camp, man. Like, And at this point, I don't care, I don't care which of the – four or five dudes, like, who we picking that we got? Bro, they can go. They can go. Ain't nobody on this team that I'm so attached to that I'm going to hold up putting the talent and experience talent like that on this team that'll open up the floor for these guys, man. Like, you need a you need a guard of that caliber who can, who can shoot, score in multiple ways in different places on the court, can also handle the ball. You know what I'm saying? We, we won't see what happened at the end of this game happening with CJ on the floor. You know what I'm saying? He can bring the ball up. He can distribute that thing. All of that. Cool. Like, that's that's like the most painstakingly obvious need we had. Other than that, it's like I said, man, we need we need some we need some more some more high IQ players. You know what I'm saying? Like like a Herb Jones who can make those cuts, you know what I'm saying? And just like be aware, just have some awareness, man, on both ends of the floor. You know what I'm saying? So we don't have these lapses that we experience game after game after game after game. Cause we, we putting guys out there who, I mean, for real, for real, like on another roster, they probably will be like the, the, the 13th, 14th man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but with us, they getting real rotation minutes and it's just like, it's causing issues game after game, man. So we need those type of guys. And 
Of course, of course, of course, of course. We need we need shooters that can actually shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing, nothing personal against Devontae, man. When he on, he on, bro. But it's like he to me, he more of a shot maker than a shooter. Like he gonna come in for whatever reason when it's time and you just need a shot. I say like six times out of ten, he gonna get you that shot. You know what I'm saying? Like he got that in him. He got that dog in him. I appreciate that about him, but he ain't a shooter. We need shooters on his team. Like right now, we got BI playing two positions. You know what I'm saying? We got him playing the wing and we got him playing point. And he has the capability to do that, which is a beautiful thing, which is why, like, the Tatum conversation, I can get to that in a minute. But like they they two different players, they asked to do two different things. But you would I would rather have BI be able to be a guy who can seamlessly switch in between those two things that he excels at and not have to feel the pressure of, all right, man, look, if I ain't scoring the ball, we cook. If I ain't getting these guys, they open looks and getting them involved, they not scoring the ball, so we cook. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's asked to do so much, and then he's getting – he's getting the way he's getting guarded is just insane, bro. Like, you would think you would think teams is going out there seeing Kobe Bryant the way they're throwing two, three people at him, man. Like, the Amen. boxing one – the boxing one, bro, like for real, for real. My, like, come on, Slim. You like as an NBA player, you gotta feel disrespected if these guys is putting that much focus on your dude and you can't give no assistance to him. So it's like, yeah, we need some dudes that can shoot. Imagine how many assists per game he would average if these dudes was knocking down the open looks that he create. You feel me? Like, and I said this, I said this in that uh that wonderful toxic chat that you was talking about earlier when you started, Chris's uh Imagine what B.I.'s numbers would look like if he had the talent level around him that Luca does and he had the usage rate that Luca does. You know what I'm saying? We're looking at a certified for show all NBA guy. So I don't want to hear about what his ceiling can or can't be because it's like, bro, like if you actually had more competent talent around this dude, he's a smart player. He's a talented player. He's not a selfish player. You, you, can, you can see a lot. You know what I mean? Like, and if he wasn't, if he wasn't responsible for getting everybody else involved, you know what I'm saying? Chaz, you my guy when I'm talking to you. We might see some of them 50 point games you're talking about, bro. So it's just like, let's, let's get, let's get this talent in. And it's time. It's time, man. It's time. It ain't time to wait no more. You feel me? Like, we got, we got BI. Y'all gonna have to accept that Zion is on this team, bro. He coming back, he's gonna play ball at some point. You feel me? And when he come back and play ball, he's gonna come in. Drop his 27. You know what I'm saying? Um, every, everything gonna be good. It's just you gotta invest in these guys right now. It's you know, we we it's not time to develop players anymore. It's time to put pieces around these guys and get into the playoffs, man, so they can play some meaningful, meaningful basketball. You know what I'm saying? You don't want them to lose their interest. That's all I got to say. Chuck say we need that white boy from LA Fitness that they just come in the gym and shoot. That's what we need. <laughs> Boxer. Motivated mind, man. Tell me, tell me how how you build around branding. It doesn't have to be Zion centric necessarily. Uh, but I mean, for the short term, all you, you know, this is what you, this is what you know, this is what you have, this is what you have currently. And he is playing the best ball of his career. So let's say you do look at a situation. Let's say Zion does not, is not going to return the rest of the year. We don't know, but it is a possibility. If that does end up happening, if, there, if we get some new news that should be out soon, whatever the case may be, how do you build the rest? I mean, how, how do you build around Brandon? How do you, how do you add to this team? And build around a guy who, would, if if stayed healthy, um, I mean they're currently in the eleventh spot, which is brought to my attention with the Spurs losing um, not too long ago. Um, yeah, I mean, how would you build around? Him? 
Um, yeah, first of all, thank you, Chris. Um, uh, I think everybody really kind of said the same thing, and I'm, I'm in agreement with that because honestly, it really just starts with the offense, you know what I mean? And shout out to Willie Green for being open minded and being flexible. Uh, but you know, if, if guys have the IQ to cut to the basket, create penetration, you know what I'm saying, force the defense to react, you know, it really opens up a lot for BI, it opens up a lot for Jonas. I mean, we're a real top heavy team. Let's face it, like there's a lot of teams that don't have the top heavy like talent that we have. You know what I'm saying? To have a BI, to have a Jonas, even though Zion is not playing, you still have Zion. You know what I'm saying? Like you still got somebody like, you know, you still got lottery picks like uh uh Jax, you know what I'm saying? Like who once again, shout out to Willie, putting him in a position where he can actually be in space. I think one thing that A D and Joel said earlier in the in the in the game today was, you know, what do young guys like to do? You know what I'm saying? Talking about the Pistons. And he was like, run. You know, and I feel like we're getting a lot of uh, half-court sets where we get stuck. People can't, you know what I'm saying, make the shot off the assist. And the biggest issue is because they're, they're, we do not have the point guard to be able to, to penetrate and maneuver, you know what I'm saying, and, and shift the defense in order for those guys to make those quick decisions to be able to knock down shots. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it stagnates our offense. That's why we have these lows in, like, the third quarter, mid-fourth quarter. Because, you know, when defense starts to clamp down, which happens in the playoffs, right, so we even get to a position to be in the playoffs, how do you manage, you know what I'm saying, your half-court offense? You know, and we don't really have anybody besides Jose Alvarado, who's like the, you know, second coming to Christ right now. It's like a breath of fresh air. Everybody's seeing this guy being able to, um, uh, to move the defense or whatever, just with his decision making, even at his size, he's still being able to move. And, and and once again, you know, I think Lawrence said that earlier. You know, what I'm saying we're like dependent on a guy like that. Well, he should be a plus. You know, what I'm saying somebody like that. That's on like you know, you put Jose on like the Grizzlies or anything like that. He's gonna eat. He's gonna look great. You know, what I'm saying and do the same thing. Um, but I just feel like honestly, it just really starts with like our offense having those high IQ guys. They can, you know what I'm saying, penetrate, cut, you know, and, and move off the ball to create, you know, uh, um, some kind of space offensively and move the defense around just with their, with their, with their mind instead of just using, you know what I'm saying, their skill set to catch and shoot and making the offense harder. You know what I'm saying? Like you see sometimes Nikhil just, you know, he's gotten better with, you know, going to the basket or whatever and penetrating that way and getting his offense going that way. But at the same time, we, we see him, you know, make some decisions that's, that completely locks down the entire offense. Like, you know, nobody's moving. He's the only one with the ball. You know what I'm saying? Then you give the ball to B.I. the last three seconds, and now he's supposed to come up with a miracle. You know what I'm saying? Another thing I wanted to say, too, I love Jonas, especially in the beginning of the season. I don't know. I mean, I know my man coming off an injury and everything else, um, but, I mean, goodness gracious, if, he, if somebody said it in the chat, I saw earlier, if he had a left, you know what I'm saying, if he, if he had a left hand, anything he could do with his left hand, dog, the man would average 25 easy because that baseline was open all night long, okay? It was open all night long. If you have somebody that can do that, I mean, clearly we know Zion can do that because he's a lefty, you know what I mean? That's always, you know what I'm saying, that's going to be open. He can, whether you put two, three, four, five people on he still has a way of getting to the basket. But you got to have other guys who are smart enough to say, all right, cool, baseline is open. Let me present myself, you know what I mean, for, you know, whoever's coming to the basket to give my team, to give myself and the team an opportunity to score. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's not for me, a quick pass for for, for that, that extra pass 
for that assist. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully Trey, whoever is in the corners and wings, can knock that shot down. So, you know, I, I think, honestly, it really just starts with the offense. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, we have somewhat of an identity. Uh, but I think once we completely establish our identity with the talent that we have, bringing on more talent will only help us even more. You know what I'm saying? So um, the IQ has got to be there. So I have a, I have a fun question, and I, and this, this this will probably close it out. Um, given given the need for a player right now, um, with what you have, the uncertainty, um, of Zion's return this year or next year, and uh, just waiting waiting to see how this all develops. Um, five, if like making a move right now, are you going? If if you were if you were David Griffin, would you call Zion and ask him if he approved of a deal or, or if he liked the move that you were making before you made it? Man, would you, I, would you would you ask for his opinion? No, I'm not asking Damn. him shit. No, I'm gonna let no, I'm gonna let him know what I'm gonna do. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking him. No, for what? So you don't, no, well, well, I don't. I want, okay, more so asking about his thoughts. I mean, you, it's your job to make the moves, right? But are you asking him, are you asking, are you asking him his, his thoughts on the move right no. now? Um, prior to the move? Correct. After the move? Prior to the move? No. I'm not consulting with him. Like, he he hasn't shown me, me, if I'm David Grizz, he hasn't shown me that he's serious about playing. Like, like you gotta do your part before. And that's the thing, right? Like, Zion had way too much power coming into it, and I, and I get it, and I, and I totally understand it. But like at this point, he would have he has had three head coaches, and if this don't work out with Griff, he's gonna have a new uh, president of basketball operations, and he hasn't even made the playoffs. Like, why? Why does he? No, I'm not consulting with you about what my job is. I can't. I can't. And I, and I get it. Big part of Griff's job is to you know. Have Zion, I, I totally get it. But you also have to, you know, you have to do your job as 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 a president of basketball operations, and that's and that's consult with your team. I'd rather consult with Swin and Trajan before I, I'm not doing that with Zion. Like I'll let you know when I'm about to make the decision. Like yeah, you know, we're probably going to make this decision. Whoop de whoop. But he doesn't have the the stroke of a LeBron to be like, yo, what do you need? Like I, like Zion doesn't know what he needs. He doesn't know what he needs to eat. Rather let's know what he needs to play with. Like, no, I'm not asking him. Would that. you talk would you talk to the eye? Yes, of course. Because oh. he's earned it. He's played hurt. He's played well. He's played um and lost and took responsibility. I haven't I've never heard Zion say, yo, that's me. That's like I gotta be this. Like for us to be better, like I gotta do this. I gotta get everybody. Like, I've never heard that. I've never heard it. I'm not saying that he doesn't have that. Like again, this is not an indictment on him. But I need my the the face of my franchise to take responsibility, even when it's not your fault. Like that, that, like Jai did that the other night, bro. Like Jai did that the other night. They missed a, some a kid. I think uh Zaire missed a three and they lost the game. Zaire was like, Jai was like, don't be mad at him. Be mad at me. I had nine turnovers. I missed free throws. Like Yo, that's what you would do. I, th that type of person that you, that's what I would consult. I'm not doing it with Zion. James? Y'all bugging. Y'all bugging. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, Eric, because I know your answer. I ain't got to ask you. Uh, but I do want to hear your perspective at some point, Chaz, and then we're going to close up. Pat Patrick, I see you got your hand up. James, what would you do? 
I mean, I, can you? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know my thing is, bro. I say trade for CJ. I say use the seventeen million uh, trade exception. Like, why not go for it? Because everybody worry about burning treasure chests, and we've seen more examples of people, you know, wasting it by not using it than using it and fucking up. And that, that's my whole thought process. And like you said, no. you know, go ahead. No, 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 no. No, I'm asking if you. I, I don't know if you heard the previous question. Would you, would, if you had to, if you were David Griffin, would you consult with Zion before making this next move? Consulting, no. Like, I don't think, me honest, be honest with you, I think a lot of these players don't need to be consulted because everybody brought up, like, you know, maybe you should even talk to Brandon Ingram. Like, man, yeah, maybe Brandon Ingram and talk to him as far as, like, you know, we need to make a move so we can surround you with talent, make you better. We want you to be here long term, yada, 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 all that stuff. But we also saw what consultant players do too, and that's give you Russell Westbrook that don't fucking fit on your team, and now you like fold wall losses behind five hundred. So, like, is there a certain thing that you talk to them about? Yeah, but at the end of the day, it is your job to make the decision. And if it's a situation like, hey, you know, you talk to them like we we may need to have to trade Josh to bring in C.J. McCollum. We believe you know it'll make our team better. Like, as far as consulting him and letting him know that this is what was about to happen, that you're probably about to lose one of your best friends, yes. As far as, like, hey, who should we trade for? No. Everett, Everett, you said you said that um, – that uh, first you said five was bugging, and now you said James was bugging. Explain why. The reason why I said mainly five was bugging because I feel like James wasn't listening to the question until just now, but it's all right, James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the reason why you you do let Z know because of the fact that I understand that the fan base and five said this the other day where you know he wants his uh players that are out of sight out of mind you need to be able to feel my, the face of my franchise I remember what you said and I, and I and I and I I agree with you to an extent but if you understand that Zion's personality is a little bit different talk to this man like yo this is where we're going. To the future so he when he's making his decision on all the things that everybody's worried about he can be like all right the team is involving me you know and the nba is a star driven league so your best player a lot of times they get a little bit more say than everybody else so he they should sit down with bi and zion both and be like yo this is what we're looking at trying to do this is where we're going and 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 let them know there's nothing wrong with talking to them i didn't say and I seriously doubt that either one of them, like, now, dog, don't bring in a 20 and 8 player to help us out. No, they're going to be like, all right, bet. But just letting them know, giving them a little heads up so they're not blindsided by finding out on Twitter that their best friends just got freaking traded. I don't think that's what Chris was referring to, though. Chris was more so talking about, like, do you ask them about how they feel about making certain moves? All I'm saying is, I'm not telling him. I, if I'm going to make a move, yes, I'm going to tell him before the, the decision's already made in my mind, and then I'm going to let him know before the media knows. He's not going to find out from an outside source. What I'm saying is I'm going to tell him from my perspective then, and then the world will know. I'm not asking him for his permission. I'm asking Zion, yo, what do you think about this? Because whatever you say, this is what we're going to do. That's I agree happening. with that. That's that's, that I mean. that statement, what you're saying, I agree with that. Yes, I'm not saying to ask him, is this a – is are you okay with us getting this? No, I'm 
if you're like, yo, this is what we're doing, like, yeah, you should talk to him prior to everybody else finding out. If you're doing it that way, then I agree with what you're saying. I guess my question for Chris real quick is, real quick is when you said that saying consult, like, what are we saying? Because consult means advise to also. Like, so are we actually talking about, like, should he advise, like, who, who he should get? Or we're just saying that should they at least be part of the conversation just in general of knowing that this is happening? So, so I'm, so basically what I'm asking is, um, and the reason I asked, I, I asked five about BI afterwards because basically what I'm, what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here or what I'm curious about is if you are David Griffin, based on what you know, the situation that you're in right now, going forward, who's, whose opinion about like, because I, you know, I do think, you know, to an extent you do you do get with these players, you get with your best players and you, you know, you bounce some things off of them. It doesn't it doesn't end up deciding the decision that you make, but you keep it in mind. But I'm curious if you are in if you are in his shoes, whose opinion matters more right now? Not to put them in, not to put them in front of each other or whatever, but I'm just curious what people, you know, what people think. Especially, like, no, and let's and let's say you're in a situation where Zion doesn't return. Are you, you, you know, you know, you know, how is that conversation going? I'm just, uh, I'm just curious what people think about um, how you build this team going forward. Um, you know, in combination with where Bi is currently right now, ready to win, and the uncertainty of when Zion returns and what that is going to look like. So essentially you're saying which, which person's opinion, not opinion matters more, but like who are you leaning towards? Like, all right, you're going to adhere, not adhere again. Which holds more weight to Because when I asked you Zion, when I asked you Zion uh, uh, five, you said, hell no. But then when I said BI, you were like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without, you know, without a doubt. Yeah. So, cause he's, you know cause what I mean? So, so I'm yeah. Just, yeah, but go ahead. No, nah, but Patrick. But, who, but who's Patrick, out there? Like, you know, <clears throat> Brandon, Brand, Brandon, Brandon is out there. Like, he's the one. And, I, I you know, I make the joke look, looking at the box of ones, right? You know what I mean? If you're going to make a move that and you need to consult with somebody, you need to consult with the person that's actually, you know, the man in the arena. And, and I don't mean that neg- negatively towards Zion, but but Ingram is the one that's playing. But it, it, it's also a testament to Zion's talent, if someone mentioned it earlier, you can put him on top of almost any iteration of the team that you ultimately build. So if 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 Ingram is here and we're doing this with the gaps that we have and you're building for the now, understanding that whoever you bring in, and I'm going to throw a couple names out there because you, you asked a couple people, I'm targeting the backcourt, all the names we talked about, CJ, Fox, all those guys, but I, I also think we need another big who can get Jonas down to 24 to 26 minutes. A couple names that I like, um, Marvin uh, Bagley, uh, Daniel Gafford, and um, what's the kid's name? Rashawn Holmes. I think you need to bring in somebody like that that can split that that center position with Jonas. But I'm doing that because I want somebody that can screen for Ingram and give him space because we know he gets to his spots and he's a, he's a much different player when he can get to his spots. But see, that's a practical conversation that I'm having about the here and now. And those guys can affect my future as well. So it doesn't make sense for me to have that type of conversation with Zion when Ingram is the one that has to deal with whatever decision I make right now. Now, I am going to talk to Zion and let him know what I think he can do with whatever I'm doing 
for the here and for the future. Uh, Patrick, Chaz? Um, you, go, you go ahead, Patrick. I'll close. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, I James took my point a little bit when I was, I was thinking, how many reports do we need about this player wanted to trade for Russell Westbrook before we realized this is a bad idea? I, I just think that you have discussions with your coaching staff about how they think they can best utilize their players. And that's kind of like the level of advisement you need for players. I just think in general, it's the front office's job to do this. It's their job to have the evaluations league wide. Like, I just don't think when you're an NBA player, do you have enough other time to come in and give this like knowledgeable impact beyond just, this is what I like to do on the court. This is how I feel I'm maximized. And he and Willie Green and the coaching staff already have those conversations, you know, every day, every week. So just from those conversations, you know what players to go after. So the only talks I'm having with them, either of them are pretty much the same, which is letting them know what move you're looking to make and then explaining to them, we're making this move to maximize you, right? That's really to center them in saying like, we're making this move because you get doubled every time you touch the ball and get bringing in a CJ, a De'Aaron is going to give you the ball with easier shots, easier looks, and let you do what you do best. You know, it's going to make us a better team and give you that recognition that's going to get you that all-star spot, you know. So just when you talk to them, center it on how you're still, like, centering them as a franchise player. But I just think this idea, you know, of bringing in players to go over trades is something that's not really done that much because players just don't have enough time to really – know beyond just what they like to do on the court. I think I, I think I pretty much agree with mostly what everybody said because when you really look at it, these guys have been playing together for years. And if you leave it to up to some of them, they just want to play with their friends. Like, you know, they're, they're gonna make emotional, irrational decisions. And I don't I don't even just from the the vibe I get from Zion's personality, like when you spoke about him at Duke earlier, he seems like a person who kind of just wants to fit in. So he don't seem like a person that would be out there like, yo, you need to go get this particular person. Or he just he just don't strike me as that type of person. And I think B.I., he might he would be a little more offended if you didn't um, consult him prior to making a move and consult as in let him know what you were doing, not necessarily taking instruction. You can pose the question as if his opinion matters because he's there. He, he's, he deserves that respect. But I, I also think um, you just don't you just don't want a Chris Paul Tyson Chandler situation with Nick, he on the news crying talking about they traded my big fella. You don't, you just don't want no shit like that. So you you gotta you gotta consult these dudes, give them that respect. Um, uh, no, nah, that that was look that was that was pretty much it. I, listen, I gotta run, guys. But I was you know I was really curious about that. I'm actually I mean for once everybody agreed on the same thing. Patrick and Chaz are friends now. Oh man, that's that's horrible. Patrick, Patrick said he agreed with Chaz twice today. We don't need anybody agreeing with Chaz. Like, what, what, what is happening here, man? What, what, what the tide, the tide is turning in the wrong. Chris, way, man. you know how many people hit me up and be like, "Yeah, Chris was tripping," but you know, Chaz, I, I'm with you, dog. Like, I, God <laughs> damn, Chaz, I don't, I don't need, I don't. They only, bro. bro they they only doing that because they like the jersey you got on in the picture, man. That's it, bro. How about that? Sounds like some hate, man. That's what it sounds like. 
<laughs> no, nah, man, look, man. I listen. I I appreciate all of y'all for continuing to pull up. I'm. Uh, I I hope that if I leave five, could just keep this shit running. Um, like I'm, uh, cause I I can't. Um, but sometimes with Twitter, if the it, well with the spaces, if the original host leaves, it turns out. If it doesn't, y'all go ahead, keep it running. Um, if not, I holler at y'all after the next game. Um, man, like Chad, say something that Patrick don't.